Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book that shares the same name of this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes, it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me. Success stories of people that have been through hard times, whatever that hardship might be, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including Samantha Harris of Dancing with the Stars fame, where we talk about cancer, wellness, and her simple tips for finding, as she titles it, your healthiest healthy. I spoke with Roxanne Battle, dynamic TV personality and author, who speaks about her father's dementia and how she still finds pockets of joy. And another recent episode where professional organizer Rachel Rosenthal shares her experience with a compromised immunity and COVID-19. And I am so excited to introduce you to this week's guest, Talia Pollack. She's a certified plant-based chef, a writer, a motivational speaker, a TV personality, and a dynamic podcast host. She started her career as a comedian and now keeps us laughing and informed with her Party in My Plants brand, which is also the title of her recently released cookbook. Though full of positive energy, Talia shares on this episode how she spent years silently struggling with unknown health issues, which led to depression and low confidence. She truly took a journey figuring out how to navigate her own health without being a burden to herself or others. She shares her story and then how she went from health nut hermit to hosting a kombucha fest at a Steelers tailgate. She is enlightening and incredibly funny. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am super excited to bring to you today Talia Pollack. She is a writer, a speaker, a plant-based chef, and she is a hilarious personality and the host of the Top Rated Party in My Plants podcast, which I was on uh, a few seasons ago. And most importantly, I found her and connected with her because she has created the Party in My Plants platform. It is an internationally celebrated wellness platform where she talks about how we can bring plants into our lives. And I say that it's really, it's all about healthy living and how we can, I think as she says, take the hell out of healthy living. So Talia, thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited. Well, it's really fun because I know I've seen you on Dr. Oz. You've done a ton all over the internet from writing, from being showcased, big places, small places. And now I am so excited about your book, Party in My Plants, 100 plus plant-based recipes and problem-solving strategies to help you eat healthier without hating your life. And let me tell you, everyone, (laughs) I was texting Talia the other day and telling her that Kyle and I made her fooled you brownies, those black bean brownies. They're amazing. So it's great that you were here today um, to share a little bit about your story uh, with hardship. But first, because I know you, and actually we've never met, 
we've just connected virtually so yeah, many times. IRL. We've never met in the flesh, but, but I know, feel like I'm I know virtually. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you tell us something about yourself that people may not know? I mean, you are a TV personality and you're known, um, you know, an internet personality as well, but what might people not know about you that's fun or funny? Uh, well, funny. I used to do stand up comedy. Tell us. There about you go. It. So was, if you've read my book or you've read anything about me, that's something I definitely share. But that is a fun and funny fact. <laughs> was it something you loved doing? Yeah, I loved it so much. For a long time, I thought I wanted to go pursue the route of being a comedian. I studied television and film in college, and I wrote the humor column from our school paper, and I was just a with all things comedy. And then I had my wellness hardship, which we will get into and decided to bring my obsession with humor into my world of health. So I'm still, I'm still gung ho about, about comedy to my core. Can you tell me quickly, do you think comedy is something, do you just have to be born with it being funny or is it something that people can really learn to be, I mean, obviously can learn to be better at it, but is it something you just have to be born with? It depends, I think, on like what type of comedy you're doing and what kind of persona you have. Like for me, I don't craft jokes the way that Jerry Seinfeld crafts jokes. Like he taught, I believe he taught himself to be funny. I've read his biography and no one claims that he was the class clown. And I don't think he, you know, had an abundance of silly energy throughout his life. But I was very much like the silly, you know, class clown kind of gal, but I don't sit and craft brilliant jokes like Seinfeld. So I think you can learn to craft jokes and, and I could improve upon that, but I just like being quirky and silly and, and saying things that make people laugh, well, <laughs> which I think is pretty important, I think. We all seem to love you. I think it's, you know, there's so much talk about like being authentic and, and I think that's what works, it, at least my opinion, that what, that's what works in the internet space is that there's so many people that might try and, or at least what connects with me, and I'm sure there's other people like that, is we see your authenticity and we know that you're out there willing to share, whether it's your plant-based recipes or your, you know, the beautiful waffles that you might make or, you know, <laughs> you just, you just love waffles and, you know, or your, your, your dog who's adorable or your life with your, you know, now it's been a few years, but your husband, you're being authentic in the space that we may connect with you. I honestly don't know another way to be. I don't understand. I'm so naively gullible on Instagram and on, on social in general that like when I found out that people were, you know, editing their thighs and, you know, posting caps, like posting photos, not in real time. I, I mean, I was mind blown. Like I thought I just, I don't know. I think it's a, I look at it as a positive, but it is also a form of naivete a little well, bit. My as you're just- saying this, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I knew about the scheduling in recent years. I didn't know people were like doctoring up all their images and things. I'm like, man, I mean, maybe that's why you and I connect because, yes. uh, but that's, that's our brand. Like I think our, our brand, both of our brands are extensions of who we are. And, and I do love that you are, are willing to be so. Um, candid with what's going on in your life, which is why I would, I'd love for you to share with us, like, let's talk about hardship. Can you share an instance or situations where you've been through hardship and, and show us a little bit like what 
that has looked like for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've, I've faced a lot of, I'd say silent hardships throughout my life. They have, you might not know from the outside, but I've had a lot of periods throughout my life where I've been really silently struggling. And the first really, really big one was when my health just kept taking turns for the worst and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So for over eight years, I struggled with undiagnosed beyond, beyond IBS. I mean, that was the only quote unquote diagnosis I got, which really IBS means like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but we've ruled out everything else significant. So we're slapping this label on you. So I would, I, I mean, I took all these stool tests, blood tests, breath tests, and and no one could really figure out how to help me feel better. And as my digestive issues were bringing me down and making me, um, really unable to participate in life. And this was happening through high school and college. So this was like prime being a person that's social and thriving and, and your whole life's in front of you. And, and I was really physically struggling. And with that, then came depression and then came confidence issues. And then came the immunity, um, compromised issues that, that, that tends to stem from really low vibe places and, and digestive woes. So I had a slew of all these weird, like health issues that were just random, like ear infections and, and herpes outbreaks on my eyebrow and all these, it just, my body was just, it just sucked. It was just really struggling. And finally, thank goodness. Um, I was doing a semester, uh, quote unquote, abroad in LA. Cause I, like I said earlier, I was pursuing comedy. So I had an awesome internship at Adam Sandler's production company. So it brought me to LA and, uh, on one of my days off, I was led to a smoothie place and I was told, go there, get the coconut smoothie. So I go and I order the coconut smoothie and they hand me this like white frothy thing. And I look at it. It's all white. And I say, oh, I can't do dairy. They say, sweetie, this is vegan. I say, I don't know what vegan is, but I don't want to cause a scene. So I took the smoothie. I drank it out front on a bench. And it was the first time in over eight years that I consumed something that didn't make me feel sick. Wow. And I can't imagine you not knowing what a smoothie is and not knowing what vegan is, (laughs) right? Because I've only known you on, on, you know, the last few years. But that must have been, like you said, you've spent so long feeling off left your eating. And here you are. I was mind blown. I was, I was completely mind blown. And I, I, I went back in and I was like, what is vegan? What is this vegan thing? And I ate at that restaurant every day for the rest of my tenure in LA. And when I wasn't at the restaurant or at my internship, I was at Barnes and Noble on the floor with a yellow legal pad, scribbling all the knowledge from all the vegan cookbooks and, and information I could gather because this was before Instagram was before blogs. Really? This was in 2008 and you know, veganism wasn't on the map. You know, like Ellen hadn't talked about it. Beyonce hadn't talked about it. Like this wasn't a thing that I knew of. And during that time, I completely uh, resolved all my health issues and I felt vibrant and alive. And then I went back to school to finish it out. And it, it, it all went downhill because 
how was I supposed to be a normal functioning member of college society while also being in my room, uh, juicing my own green juices, right? Like I'm I'm sitting at home dehydrating granola, making kale chips while my, my cronies, my peers are off drinking box wine. I felt like such a misfit. I felt like such a social outcast. I did not know how to coexist in those two worlds. So I hibernated in my apartment and became what I call a health nut hermit. And it was such a a shame because my health was finally better than ever, but my happiness was, was worse than ever. So how are I mean, you're, you said you're coming back to school. How did people treat you? Your friends? I lost all my friends. I mean, they, it wasn't due to them. It was due to me. I just completely withdrew. I deactivated from, from my sorority. I stopped hanging out with anyone. I started taking online classes from my on-campus apartment. I was just so full of shame and insecurity uh, to be that weirdo. I also didn't know how to navigate like a dining hall because the only vegetables they had was like, you know, romaine lettuce. Like it was, it was such a different time in order to get almond milk. I had to make it myself. Wow. There was no almond milk in store. Now you can get it at any gas station. I know (laughs) it it is amazing what has transpired in the last, you know, five, five, 10, 12 years. But to your point, it was, it was different back then. There weren't all the choices. There wasn't the understanding. So it, it sounds like you went to a light and dark place at the same time. A really good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really tough because here I was, I felt like I was at this crossroads. Do do I have to now compromise my health to, to be happy? But how can you be happy if you don't have your health? Right. So it was a mess. All right. So tell us then how you took one foot in front of the other. Like what made you, I guess I want to say, not change, but what opened your eyes up to say, you know, I got to make a change. Nothing. I'm still there. No, just kidding. Um, no, I, um, I, I mean, I, 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 I remember going to a, a Steelers game. I, my, my family's from Pittsburgh and going to Steelers games is like church. It's like religion uh-huh. and, it, and uh-huh. it's so fun. To most Steelers and, fans I know. Yeah. Right. And, um, we'd be at the tailgate. And I remember there was one time in particular where in order, I mean, tailgate food is notoriously, notoriously unhealthy. And I asked to stop at whole foods before the game to stock up. And I remember all the eye rolls and the groans and the embarrassment and the burden that I felt. And I just resolved in that moment to not feel that way anymore to, to figure out some solutions to avoid my wellness being a burden on other people. And I started really, it it was an emotional shift where I had to own this part of me and not walk around like some wounded kale eater that I full of shame. I had to start having pride in the fact that I'm taking care of my body and I started to lead by example. So when all these people, when I switched my, my perspective, then everyone could finally see the amazing changes that this food was having on me. And then they got curious and then they got willing to try it. And then they started to feel better. And it was kind of this like ripple effect. So I know that this was up several years ago and like we said, times have changed. 
I get a lot of questions on Pretty Wellness to people saying, you know, my family um, doesn't understand. I'm sure you get it with Party of My Plants too. My, my family doesn't know this or my friends, they look at me from afar and think, oh, it's good for you, but it doesn't matter for me. Can you talk to us about being that, as you said, as a role model, are you preaching to them? Are you just having them sample? Tell us a little bit about like that journey. Yeah. So I learned the hard way that preaching and lecturing and forcing doesn't work great. So my college boyfriend actually broke up with me because of my diet. Okay. One day he sat me down and he was like, Talia, I haven't been completely honest with you. And of course I'm thinking like, okay, who is she? Yeah. Right. Right. I've been sneaking cheeseburgers in my car before I come home. <laughs> it was a cheeseburger that he was cheating uh, on you with a cheeseburger. Yes. Exactly. Ridiculous. Hilarious. That at the time. Very funny now. So I learned oh, so the hard fun. way. That, I should no, make fun. No, please make fun. It's, it's, I, that was actually my, that was my first standup bit that, that taking that story into the standup clubs was my first my first thing, because I just found it so hilarious. Well, and, and, and I also know you're happily married and, you know, yeah. wonderful husband, and a great dog, beautiful new home. Uh, so, yeah. But the thing is, so what I learned is that, you know, what did I do differently? So with my husband, he's currently, he still eats meat and well, not still, this is a different person, but he eats meat. But he's now, because he's been around me for so long, he understands that food makes us feel stuff. And he knows that when he goes out and indulges in meat and wings and boo and with all of his friends, he comes home and the next day feels lousy and right. can't get off the couch. And he watches me eat my plants, eat my stuff, wake up and feel awesome and have positive energy throughout the day and not skip a workout and not, you know, sleep until noon. And, and it's really, that's been what it is with my family, with friends, with anyone involved in my community. It's, it's leading by example. It is not preaching. It is not teaching health benefits. It's not using scare tactics. Literally, you just stay in your own lane. You do you. And that positivity that radiates out of you when you're taking care of yourself is very contagious. Additionally, making more than you need. So you always have leftovers and samples available is amazing. So whenever I go to any social gathering, you know, I bring my own kombucha to everything, for example, and I'll bring a bunch, I'll bring a few bottles because I learned when I used to just take care of myself, it was actually at a Steelers, a different Steelers tailgate where I brought one bottle of kombucha. Cause I'm like, I'm going to use this as my mixer for the, for the pregame, the tailgate. And it, everyone drank it because apparently like they liked it, they wanted it. And so the more I saw that with my brownies, as you talk about, when I make any, I make so many because people do like samples and then they, they get into it. And then before they know it, now they're drinking kombucha on the regular or replacing their gross brownies with black bean brownies without me even opening my mouth. I love that. I love that. And I will say as somebody who also has, uh, a very plant-based diet that there are people that want to cater to me. Like now in, in, in society, it's, it's a lot more understood. And there's other people who are always like, Hmm, I'm not sure what I have for you. So why don't you just bring your own thing that to your point, when you bring a little bit more and you know, I would love to be honest in saying, I think you're a much better 
you know, chef than I am. Uh, but to, I do have a few things that have gone over well. And it has worked when I make it for more than myself. Yeah. Because, you know, to your point, I didn't look at it as, as I am being a role model, even for the people outside of my extended family. family. Oh my gosh. I mean, Jesse, my husband's friends were always, they're New Yorkers and they, you know, they love their unhealthy Chinese delivery food and this and that. And I've known them now for what, seven plus years. And the evolution of when I came into that group being the weirdo with kale in the corner (laughs) to now where they're all fighting over my food is it's unbelievable. And I've changed, I've not opened my mouth. I've not lectured once. I've just stayed my course and they've joined me. So, I mean, it's amazing that you saw it within yourself that you were going to make a mental shift and you were going to change your thoughts and your approach with your, we'll say, call them eating hardships and how you were walking through that. Can you talk to us about the support that you got? I mean, it sounds like, again, there were some that were unsupportive uh, or closetly unsupportive, (laughs) but- you know, who was supportive in this journey or now looking at it in retrospect, who do you wish you would have reached out to? Ooh, good question. My parents were incredibly supportive when I came home with, you know, and I used, my first job ever was at Cold Stone Creamery, ironic. (laughs) Uh And I had kept all my tip money. You, you, do you remember at Cold Stone? Yeah. When they sang? Yeah, I do. All that. I was having the time of my life and I kept all my Cold Stone tip money in my sock drawer. Very, very fiscally responsible. And, um, I remember I came home, I went through that sock drawer and I had enough to buy a Vitamix and I bought my first Vitamix, which I still have with that cold stone money. And I remember I started hacking open coconuts in my kitchen and, you know, like a machete. And my parents Uh were like, what are you doing? And they would, they would go in there with me. They would drink my smoothies, eat my coconut raw ice cream, my dehydrated kale chips. And they, they fully supported my endeavor, which was remarkable. So that was, that was really, really helpful. They made me feel very much less weird. Okay. Which was great. Now, what would you say to other people who, when they're making, you know, in in this case, like a food change, a diet change, I don't like to use the word diet, but you know what I mean? Yeah. If they don't have that support from, you know, family members or those close to them, what do you suggest? I didn't, I don't think, I I think having my parents support was a, was a plus, but I don't think it's necessary because really what I needed was my own support was just owning it and having the courage. And I think that we might think of bravery or courage as things that do not involve owning your diet or owning, you know, what you consume or your healthy habits. But I would really make a strong argument for the amount of courage it does take to ask for your food, not cooked in butter, please at the restaurant. I genuinely feel that that takes courage because so many people are afraid of being a burden of standing out of being, Ugh, you're that person, yeah. you know, they yeah. don't want. So I think it's really inner courage and, and boldness that one can rely upon to make these changes. It really, I believe comes from within. And like I said, when I started to own that and say, I'm just going to be bold and be myself and, you know, keep my eye on the 
uh, grapefruit. I, I, everything, all the path clear, everything cleared. And, and I really just cruised into the sunset with my wellness. <laughs> What's interesting is, is that as you're talking, I'm like, I'm thinking of all those times where we do ask a a server or a friend at a party about Mm -hmm. the ingredients that are in something or the the times that we can do that. There are a lot of touch points in our social lives where we could ask for modifications. And to your point, when you own it, you take away all that like yappiness in your head. That's like, oh, should I, should I not, should I not? Um, That's how I felt with, you know, my diet is that I know that I am largely vegan, that I am plant-based. And so, you know, maybe sometimes I might feel a little bit, oh, you know, I'm going to be difficult, but I just own it. And I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. I've uh, I've got some eating challenges. And so here's what I need. I hope that's okay. And of course, we all know it's like when you're nice and sweet and you even said, you even said yourself, like, please. It's mm-hmm. like in, in today's day and age, I think people understand and mm-hmm. hey, if they don't, then you don't want to go there anymore anyway. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think it really comes from owning it and just having confidence. Uh, it, that's really what it is. And, and and if you're, if one is wavering, you know, you and I are in a, I can speak for myself. We're, we're different situations, but I have gratitude for my IBS because it taught me to prioritize my health. And there are many people out there that don't have an ailment or a disease that, that they need to draw, think about every day to encourage them to put their wellness first. But when those people can make the connection that what they're putting into their body affects their energy and thus affects their output in life and their happiness and their success and how they mother and how they wife and how they father and how they child and how they are a student and that, that what we put into our body actually affects who we are in the world. That drive can help you muster that courage and confidence to ask for your dish with no butter. I love that. You, you speak my language <laughs> and you said that so beautifully. You and, and I had a fi- you and I had a fire lit underneath us and that yeah. brought us to where we are today. But I think our messages are very similar that everybody will benefit by taking care of themselves. And yeah. taking care of themselves includes a, a number of things. And one of it is, is like how you fuel your body with nutrient-dense food. Absolutely. And, and, and I learned firsthand, you know, during that period where I was eating all the plants, but I was so depressed at, at college, my health started deteriorating again. Like, I want to be clear about that, that my negative thoughts, my health nut hermit hibernation, my lack of self-confidence, all that stuff started to negatively impact my health again, because we can't, like I say, eat Brussels with a bitch face. We cannot put the healthy stuff into our body, but have unhealthy thoughts and unhealthy stress. It really negates the effects. So we have to put the plants in our, in our bodies with positivity, or we're not going to reap all the benefits. Well, and for some people, I think that that's hard because that's not how they normally think, but that's, that's why taking small steps, it's just trying something every, you know, and every time maybe you start to have a conversation in your own head and start to feel a little insecure about it, like just lean in a little, like take a deep breath, see how it feels. And, you know, and maybe try something new, maybe, 
that place or that person isn't the one that you you make those have those conversations with or or ask something of. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. It's about I mean little small daily things, little bits of of boldness that add up to a, a wonderful life. It, this is not an all or nothing overnight thing. It's it's consistency. Correct. Yeah, I, tiny little things. <laughs> well, and I think that's that's again where I've noticed the most changes is is some of the changes that I made six years ago were really not anything wild and crazy and out there, but it was the consistency to which I did them every day. 100%. Yeah. Right. That, that made me, you know, not just my health, you know, arguably improve, but also the way I felt and the energy that I brought to it. But you know, again, mm-hmm. we, we speak the same language. We could sing this from the top of the treetops <laughs> or even the bottom of them. And, 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 and we both feel strongly about this. Can you talk to us about your life today? I mean, I'm so happy that you went to the Steelers game that day. And then I guess <laughs> went back with your kombucha. But uh, talk to us, what, what are you doing now? And what excites you? What excites me now is now, I mean, well, the landscape has changed so much, you know, like, as we were saying, when I discovered the miracle that is eating plants, plants were not popular. It was not a thing to be able to purchase coconut water in stores and or airports on the internet. Yeah. Right. I mean, getting me airport food is better than any food that existed that many, you know, years right. ago. So everything has changed so much now. So a lot of my focus is on empowering people to take that boldness that they have garnered by like doing the things that we're talking about by prioritizing their wellness, by having the the strength to order something with no butter or to show up at the potluck with their quote unquote weird food, <laughs> take that boldness and now go into their life and live their life with that boldness. So I'm kind of gearing up for a lot of excitement over like 2.0 here, which is um, I've realized that that boldness that I used all those years to get to a place where I didn't let my wellness make me feel like a weirdo is actually the same boldness that I've used to advance in my career. And so I'm excited about empowering others through that as well. All right. So the book, uh, we already talked about the brownies, which I love. My son loves them. They're called the fooled you brownies. I think there's blondies in there too, for those who like desserts. Um, what's, what's your favorite like recipe in there? Oh, I can't. I can't. I don't know. I love them all. I mean, really, I was so excited to get my early copies of the book because I've just been nonstop cooking from it. I mean, these are truly the only recipes I I make unless I'm just trying something out crazy. But this is this is my my life in a book. There's pestos. That's probably the one I've gone to the most. Okay. Uh, I put pesto on everything. I make it at least once a week and then have leftovers to, to smear on uh, breads and on sweet potatoes and obviously pasta Ooh. and anything Ooh. I can, I can get my pesto on. Cause pesto is just an amazing vehicle for like shoving. Like I put in like three handfuls of kale or spinach every time I'm making a pesto you don't taste it at all and yeah. you don't know the difference. So that's, that I would and say I have a pesto pasta bacon here. That's awesome for gatherings. And like I said, like potlucks and I think, yeah, actually my book is organized by 
life situations. Very appropriate to this discussion. I was going to say, that's great because I knew that yeah. as well. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So what are some of, of the situations? By like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I did it by all these different things, like what to eat. And this, so I just turned to the um, pesto pasta bake, and it's in the section called what to make when you're going to a potluck with folks you don't know that well. And it talks about how, you know, you don't want to bring your weird food and make it the, the topic of conversation, but you want to be able to sneak it in there so nobody knows that it's really healthy. So this is a perfect dish for that. So, I mean, I have a situation here, what to make when you've had a bad day, what to make when you're cozily reading a book in a nook or doing anything in slippers. Oh, I love it. All sorts of really fun when it's too hot, but you still got to eat. Um, so much fun. It was really fun to pull my audience and make sure we didn't leave any situation out. Well, and I also like, you know, again, back to earlier into in today's conversation about how it's, it's authentically you party in your plants has, is you and this book party in your plants, a hundred plus plant-based recipes. Like you're talking about party situations, you know, on the outside party situations at home in your own life. You know, it's, it's, it seems like it was just a huge labor of love. It was. And it's really like, I call it my thesis, my thesis project for, for this body of work, because all I've ever wanted to do was empower people to make eating more plants part of their normal everyday life. I so firmly am against rearranging your life to accommodate your plants. I really just want you to squeeze them on in and then get on with your life because I believe they're a tool for living your greatest life or living in your life as your greatest. So that's what this is. It's just really like how to eat more plants in your everyday life so you can just go out there and and live your best. So I'm really, really excited about that. Well, Talia, I am really grateful that you we're willing to come on and spend the time and talk about, you know, obviously your hardship, but also what's going on in your life. I would love it if you'd be willing to play what we call the grateful game as we close this out. It is um, something that my son and I do every night before bed. And as I love to tell people, and I think the reason why he gave me the thumbs up for it is because he just doesn't want to go to sleep at night and he's 11 years old, right? So every night we talk for a few minutes. It's oftentimes for us, it's about the day. And we talk about what we're grateful for and why. And again, because he is an 11-year-old boy, he wanted to make it competitive. And so for some reason, I'm always first, pretty much so he can always win. And Or we give ourselves a time limit. So in this case, thank you for being willing to play. Yeah. I will, I'll, I'll kick it off and I'll do a minute about what I'm grateful for, say, this week uh, and, and why. So... Okay. All right. I am, you know, of course, and this is beyond, I'm so grateful that you're here and my husband, my health, my son. Um, I am grateful for today, not only that you're on this chat with me, that we had talked about green smoothies. And so I made uh, our favorite, I call it the kid approved green smoothie. Um, <laughs> that's made with my, my secret ingredient, pumpkin pie spice. And why am I grateful? Because it is something my whole family drinks. And so it wasn't just for me. It was for all of them. So we all gotten some green goodness this morning. I am grateful for uh, 
a bunch of markers that my son left out. Okay, granted, he didn't clean them up, so that is why he left them out. But because <laughs> they were sitting out there, I started using them this morning as I was taking some notes and doing um, some work to prep for this. And it's kind of fun when you're looking at like scribbly notes, and it made me happy that my notes for this podcast are all in multiple colors. So I'm grateful for those pens. And let's see, I am grateful. Uh, for this Lego that's sitting here because my son used to be really into Legos and he, uh, he still likes Legos, but obviously doesn't build as much, but it's of the friends set. And so in where our little production studio is, we've got the coffee house, like the um, central perk (gasps) made out of Legos. So so see, isn't it? It's just really fun because, and so it's sitting here on the desk next to, um, all the equipment, and it just makes me smile. So, you know, thank you, Lego, I guess, or thank you, friends, for being such a successful show. And there are my three. So that's what I am grateful for today and this week. I'm tossing it to you. Amazing. I am grateful for, you know, the basics, being here, not the basics, but right, I'm, right. I'm very grateful for being here with you. I'm grateful for the internet, for connecting me to people as wonderful as you. I'm grateful for my husband, my dog, my house. I'm grateful for our ba- little basement gym where I it's become like my <sighs> sanctuary. It's just, I go in there and it's just freedom. I dance, I shake it out. I, you know, like all those things that you want to do in a public gym, but you can't because like, you're not going to like twerk when you don't know how to twerk in public, but you can practice in your basement. Right. I don't. Yeah. So I just, I, and I can lift any weight anyway. It's just, it's freedom. So I'm incredibly grateful that we now have a, a home with a basement gym. Um, I'm grateful for the trees that I'm looking at outside my home. A lot of this is we just moved from Williamsburg, which was just literally like the definition of the concrete jungle in Brooklyn to a home in the woods. And from my office right now, all I can see are trees. So I am elated and very grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for the freedom to be able to do work that fuels my, my soul and makes me feel purpose. I'm grateful for the abundance of plants in my fridge right now. Oh, in the freezer. Yes. Very grateful yeah. for that. All right. I think you beat me by a few, but again, if the 11 year old version of me, actually the 11 year old version of me was never that competitive. I was always the cheerleader. It's like, come on, we can all do it. Yeah. I didn't um, know this was a competition. Right. Well, <laughs> according to my son, it's a competition, but no, um, I, as I'll always say to me, it's, and it's always kind of been that way. It's just when we tap into things that we're grateful for and that we appreciate, it just gives us that warm, fuzzy feeling. And so whether you had one, which you had several, or I had one, it's something that we can help fuel the day. So not only are we partying with our plants, as you also know, we are partying with our thoughts. Yeah. So... Anyway, thank you so much again for joining us today. Thank you to all of you out there who are listening today. We hope that you have enjoyed um, listening to Talia's story. Hopefully you can take a moment yourself today, wherever you are listening to this and think of something that you are grateful for and why. And we will be back again soon. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first, a request. 
please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And if you like this episode, please tell your friends about it. Every little bit truly, truly helps. And now my parting words. We play the grateful game at the end of each episode, and here is why. After my second diagnosis, I started to research who was thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. I learned that wellness is about consistent self-care, creating everyday practices that help improve your body and mind toward a state of good health. And for me, focusing on gratitude brings tremendous positive energy into my life. I am incredibly grateful for today's guest, Talia Pollock. She and I share a love of plant-based eating. We both were inspired to eat clean and embrace healthy living because it made a significant difference in how we felt in our own skin. There are so many substitutions in the foods that we eat that can really make a big difference. I love talking about these on Pretty Wellness. I do this daily on Instagram, or you can check out prettywellness.com for more healthy living tips. If you're looking for some simple recipes, hint, hint, I may have mentioned before that my ebook will be released this July, so sign up for the newsletter on prettywellness.com and a free copy will be sent to you. If you're looking for a beautiful hardcover cookbook, though, check out Talia's book, Party in My Plants, on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and where books are sold. Thanks again for joining us today, sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.